Hey guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. And it's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're so thankful that you guys are with us here. We're so grateful that you found the podcast. If you like it, continue to like and subscribe on uh, on YouTube and also listen to the podcast wherever you can find your podcast. So we really appreciate it. Again, just before we move on, we're so grateful for 12.2K downloads. We're just so grateful for the growth of this podcast, and uh, we couldn't have done it without your support, and we're just so grateful for you guys of sharing and liking and supporting, and I'm just so grateful for it. So thank you guys so much. All right, so let's get into today's podcast. This one was tough. All right, I'm just going to be honest, you just off the rip. This was hard. You know, this is something that uh, I've been looking at the past couple days, and, uh, you know, when you study, when you study the Bible for yourself, uh, we are to, you know, self-examine ourselves. We are to, to make sure that we're growing, to make sure that we're, we're still living up, uh, to the standard that God sets for us. Not what people set, not what other Christians set, not what the world set, but what God sets for us. And that, that can be difficult sometimes. And so I'm looking through this text and specifically Matthew chapter five. Right. And so look at this real quick. Open up your Bibles there with me. Okay. Matthew chapter five. And I want you to look at verse number three. Again, if you're new to the podcast, we love to open up our Bibles here so we can uh, we can study together and we can, you know, really self-examine and really check for ourselves, too. All right. So Matthew chapter five, verse three. So. You know, we've been looking through this text and so many times we focus on the last words of Jesus, right? Matthew 28, we focus on the, you know, Peter's first sermon, you know, Acts chapter two, we focus on Stephen's sermon, right? And in the book of Acts, you know, Paul's sermons, which are great to study, but the sermon on the Mount is there for a reason. The Beatitudes are there for a reason. And so we never really think about the first words of Jesus. And it all starts with verse number three. And again, we're going to have a podcast coming up next with a buddy of mine about this. So I don't want to get into it too much, but I'm just going to introduce it this way. So verse three of Matthew chapter five says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so this idea of being poor in spirit, it's a, it's a low thought of self, but a high thought of Christ. And so this poor in spirit attitude gives the idea of a childlike dependence on God. And so we cannot be dependent on God. We cannot have that humility if we don't trust him. And so I've really had to self-examine my trust, my dependability, and my humility towards God and towards others. And I've realized I need to do better. And so this podcast will entitle this one, I don't trust God. I don't trust God. And what we're going to do, we're going to give reasons of why, if you're in this boat, of why you don't fully trust God yet. And so even from Matthew chapter 3, the first thing that Jesus said was, blessed are the poor in spirit, those that are humble in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. And so if you notice this, this idea permeates all throughout scripture after Matthew chapter five. And so if you look at Matthew chapter 18, notice Jesus continues this idea. And so in chapter 18 of Matthew in verse three, Jesus mentions there, 
Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become like little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so notice to become a little child, to become like a little child, even after your Christian conversion, even after baptism, it still takes effort to become as a child. And the way to become as a child is to be Matthew chapter five, verse three is to be poor in spirit. And so what is a child's best attribute? They're humble and they trust, right? That's their best attribute. And so now as I think about this and and as I think about, you know, my dependability and and my trust on the Lord, I realized, you know, actually the Bible told me yours can be better. Mine can be better. And, you know, it's, it's going to be some work, um, to trust the Lord in some things, but this is why we're here to help each other. So maybe, maybe through my study, um, this is able to help you as you grow too. Okay. So here's how we're going to break this down. Again, the topic is, well, I don't, I don't trust God. And so here's three reasons of why we don't trust God. And well, this is how we're going to break this down. So number one, I don't trust God because I'm not humble. And we'll see that as we keep studying, we'll see that humility always trusts in the father. Every single circumstance, it always does. Then number two, we're going to look at, I don't trust God because I'm not merciful. You know, we want mercy, but we're not willing to extend that mercy, but then we want to obtain it. So we'll look at that. But then we'll also look at number three, I don't trust God because I'm impatient. Impatience is is something that we all struggle with. And and I can't wait till we get to that point because there's a lot of good stuff that we can get from there. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. I'm excited about this. Uh, Guys, again, this is something that I've self-examined for myself first before I even taught you guys. So this is something that I know I need to get better at. Okay. So hopefully as you study, uh, maybe this is something that you can get better at too. So number one, I don't trust God because I'm not humble. So again, going back to this idea of Matthew 5, as we introduce this, and Matthew 18, if we're not humble in spirit, if we're not lowly in spirit, Jesus tells us we will never learn to trust God as a child. We'll never learn it if we're not this. And so if you think about it from Matthew 5, it says, blessed are ye if you are poor in spirit. So that word blessed means to be supremely blessed. And it also means to be happier or to be fortunate. So notice that what Jesus is telling us, he's saying you will be more blessed. You will be happier. You will be more fortunate if in everything that you do, you are humble in spirit. You're humble in spirit. See, humility from that text in in Matthew chapter five, humility is literally the root of being like a child and learning to trust in God. And so isn't that such a, such a beautiful, um, and that's such a beautiful sentiment that God wants us to fully just open up ourselves to him and trust him. But how many times myself included, how many times do we fight against God? And maybe we're not as blessed as we should be because we're still fighting against him. You know, I think about an example of a horse, uh, you know, a horse that's just untamed. And so the horse wants to do what he wants to do on his will. But 
he's taken under control and what he's taken under control with that bit in his mouth, as James talks about, then that horse will be able to go into the will of the rider. Even though he still has strength, even though he still has power, he's still underneath control. And this is the same image with God. We still have certain strength. We still have certain power. But God says, well, use it for me. Use it for my glory. And you can only use your own strength and your own power if you're humble. But if you're not, you will always fight against me. And so notice this. Here's, here's a couple things as I looked at humility. Here's three things that humility does. And I think it's something that all of us need to do more. Um, but because of pride, we don't do it, to be quite honest with you. Because of, because of pride, we don't do this. Uh, number one. Humility always comes with this mindset that you don't know everything. And number one, humility says, I don't know. When's the last time you came up to someone and, and no matter how small or how big it is, literally just think about it for a second. When was the last time you came up to someone and you said, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, that opens up the door for humility for you to learn. I don't know. But the Lord says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom. Then all these things will be added. Then Matthew chapter 7, you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, you'll find me. You will find me. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? And so humility, the first step in it is to admit that you don't know. You know, Here's here's the um the sad thing that a lot of us get into. For so you know, have you ever how do I explain this? So have you ever been a in a in a part of your life where let's say you're a certain age right now, and let's say you feel like you should know more or you should be better than what you are right now. Right? You should know more. And let's keep it, let's keep it in the spiritual realm. So let's say you're a Christian and you're older and you feel like you should know more and you should be stronger and you should be more faithful, but you're not. And you know that you're not. And I know that I'm not. And so how does that make you feel? Man, I wish I, I wish I knew more. I wish I had someone to study with me earlier. I wish I could have been more in the word earlier. I wish I would have took Bible study more seriously. I wish I could have took, take my, taken my faith seriously earlier right so now if you're in that boat and if you've ever been in that boat now you got two choices you can either one continue to complain about it that hey i wish i could be better but because i wasn't well i'll just have to be where i am or two guess what you could say look man i'm older i know i should know this i don't know i need help i just don't know that's humility. And Jesus can use a person like that. Young women, Jesus can use you like that. Young men, Jesus can use you. I don't know, but I want to learn. I want to learn. And so then number two, the second thing humility does, humility says, help me. So now you understand that I don't know, that I know I need to know, but I don't know. So then number two, what humility does, 
Humility says, help me. But you know what pride says? And again, I've been here. Pride says, I'll figure it out. Pride says, I've always done it on my own. Pride says, well, I've been doing it on my own up to this point, and I'm all right. That's what pride says. Humility says, help me. I need help. And so think about these, this idea. Again, we're always going back to Matthew 5 and Matthew 18. Think about this idea of a child. A child, a child will come and he will try something or she will try something. But when they can't do it, they'll cry and they don't know how to ask for help. And they'll, in their tears, they will say, I need help. Because they've tried and they've tried and they've tried and they can't do it. But then they'll always tell their parent or whoever it is, help me. I need help. You see, that's what Christ wants from us. How many tears have you personally cried because things haven't worked out in your life? How many times have you have you tried at so many things and you fail each time? It makes you want to cry, doesn't it? You probably might, might may have cried. And if you have, guess what the Lord's waiting on you to ask him? Help me. But here's, here's, the, here's the deal. So if you ask the Lord to help you grow your faith, is he just going to give it to you because you asked him? Guess what you're going to have to do? If you want help, you're going to have to use other people. And you're going to have to use your resources. So you can't ask God for help. And then at the same time, when you're asking him for help, you keep trying to do it on your own. That's where people fail, too. Sometimes there's good people with good hearts. And with those hearts, they'll, they'll ask God, I don't know. They'll tell him, help me. And then they'll try to still figure it out on their own. You're still following the wrong process. You have to ask for help. And so you have to go to older women. You have to go to older men. You have to go to someone who knows the scripture. You have to, you have to use your resources that God has set around you. And once you use those resources, that's how God will answer your prayer with those resources that he has around you. But think about it, guys, and think about where you are right now, y'all. How many resources are you misusing right now? Maybe you've been praying for months, for years, Lord, help me. Lord, I need help. Lord, I want to grow my faith. Lord, I want to get better. But the Lord sets certain resources and people around you and you take advantage of them and you don't use them. And then you're working against yourself by still asking God to help me out when he sent them already, but you just can't see him. Guys, we got to open up our eyes and, and see what the Lord is trying to do for us to help us. Then number three, so humility says, I don't know. Humility says, help me. And then number three, humility says, guide me. You remember in, in the book of Acts with the with the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch was reading through Isaiah and he said, how can I understand this unless a man guide me? So guess what Philip did? Philip went from that scripture and he preached Jesus unto him. And so now you think about what Philip and the eunuch did when the eunuch needed help. Guess what he did? He asked for help in Acts chapter 8, if you want that reference, Acts chapter 8. And so, okay, so now you've, you've told God, okay, I don't know what to do. 
Then number two, you've asked God to help me. That's great. Then number three, guess what your final process is? You need to come to someone and say, can you guide me? Can you guide me? Can you help me? Can you grow with me? Can you, can you study with me? Can you pray with me? See, that's how you become humble. But the thing is, and, and again, like I said, I'm talking to myself too. The thing is, we want to figure it out on our own so we don't have to use those resources. You can't do that. We have to use what's around us and what God has set around us to grow. And so we will never fully learn to trust God if we are not humble in our mindset. And so you can right now today, you can have the attitude of, I don't know. You can have the attitude of, hey, I want to get help. You can have the attitude of guide me. But this is, and let me be honest, and this is what I've seen. And I see people do this all the time. And it, it hurts me to see this. But when someone has a beautiful heart, when someone has an attitude of, I don't know what to do. When someone has an attitude of, Lord, please help me. When someone has an attitude of guide me. But then guess what attitude they have? Well, I want you to come to me, though. So you older woman, I want you to come to me. You older man, I want you to come to me. So you could have the right attitude all day. But people aren't going to just sit here and cater to you because you have this attitude. You got to go seek it. So if there is a if, if you're a young man and you, you got this type of heart, you need to go. You need to get up. You need to sacrifice some time and you need to go talk to some older men. Hey, help me how to be a leader. Help me how to grow. Help me to help me to, to be a, a, a better husband. Help me to be a better boyfriend. Help me to be a, a better leader. Lord willing, I have that opportunity on Monday to talk to some, to, some older preachers. And I, I'll probably have some questions. Hey, look, I need some help here. You need to go seek this. Young ladies, you can't just sit here and just wish for so many other people to come talk to you to help you. You got to go find them. Go talk to them. Well, they're not coming to me, so I'm not going to. Then you'll always be stuck. And you'll always use that excuse. Well, no one came to me. But did you come to someone? Go talk to her. Go say, hey, look, I want to grow more. Can, can you study with me? Hey, I've been thinking about this. Can you show me from scripture what this says? Hey, could you pray for me? I'm going through. You go seek it. See, that's the thing about humility. Humility goes seeks the help. Humility doesn't wait for the help to come to them. Humility goes seeks it. And that's, that's one lesson I had to learn the hard way. I have to learn to humble myself. And after I'm humbled, go seek the help and say, hey, can you help me? That's what humility does. Then two. So number one, I don't trust God because I'm not humble. So that might be you, what we just described. So if that is you, maybe you need to make some changes. Two, I don't trust God because I'm not merciful. You know, as we journey through life, guys, again, talking about this idea of humility. As we journey through life, there's going to be some things and some very, very tough situations that we're going to encounter. And so people might talk about you. There may be fights. There may be disagreements. There may be issues. There may be differences of opinion, etc. Right? All these things may happen. But when these things happen, what is your first reaction? I'll tell you what mine was. When these things happen, defend yourself. Defend your honor. 
say something, do something, make a plan, figure it out. As we journey through life, when those things happen, notice what God wants us to do if we're humble. If we're humble, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So that word merciful there in the text in Matthew 5, that word merciful means pity and showing itself in action. And so when you find yourselves in these situations, guess what a humble person, guess what a person who trusts God, a person who is dependent on God will be? You will be merciful. Now, the, the, the ironic thing is when you want mercy and when you need it, you want mercy in abundance, don't you? Oh, yeah, I want it. But now are you willing to give it? So you got to be willing to give it in order to get it. And so when we want to keep control, right, and not act as God would, then we are not merciful. You see, the problem with this is we want to keep control. And so instead of trusting God's judgment when these disappointments and problems and all these things happen, rather than trusting and depending on God that he will handle it in his time the way he deems necessary, we think, well, how can I fix the problem? Let's make an elaborate plan. Let's ask a bunch of questions. Let's try to figure out on our own why they think this and why they think that and why they feel. Well, why are we doing all that? Let me tell you something. Personal experience, you do that, you'll drive yourself crazy. You'll drive yourself crazy. Because it's so much easier to just trust in the Lord. And it's so much harder, even though you feel like you're getting answers, it's so much it's so much harder that way. Because even if you get answers, you're still not in control. So you can't control the situation. You can't control attitudes. You can't control hearts. You can't you can't control opinions. You can't. But what you can control, you can control your own mercy and you can control your humility towards God. That's what you can control. You know, remember we looked at this in Genesis with uh with Jacob and Esau. And when Jacob, he did all this to his brother, he tricked his brother, and then he went to go meet Esau. And so before he goes, he tells, all right, look, man, if Esau does this, I want you all to go over here. If Esau does that, I want you and the women and the children to go here. Because remember, all I know is Esau's still mad at me for what I did. But then when they meet, Esau hugs his brother. So we might not know how things might turn out. But we have to trust in the Lord that things are going to be all right. And even if they turn out not all right, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of what Job said in Job chapter 13, verse 5. Job had an attitude of, Lord, even though you deem this necessary, even though you slay me, Job said, I will trust in him. So even if even if it doesn't, even if it's not supposed to work out for you, maybe the Lord is still working. So you got to trust him. So number one, well, I don't trust God because I'm not humble. Number two, I don't trust God because I'm not as merciful as I should be when these situations happen. And then number three, this is this is hard. This is hard, guys. Number three, I don't trust God because I'm impatient. This is big, huh? This might be you. I can't tell you how many... Uh, 
you know, how many situations I've seen that because of impatience and because, well, I want this now and you're not doing this for me. So I can't tell you how many just situations just have gone down because of someone's impatience. You know, when you think about when you think about the idea of impatience, guys, it's actually ironic. If you really, really sit there and think about it, it's actually ironic. You know, we actually in our lives, we rush the things that we actually need. Think about this. Here's a here's a here's a story that I heard yesterday. It was great. Great on this topic of impatience. There was a man by the name of Peter. And Peter's walking through the woods. And as he's walking through, he sees a, he sees an older woman and she has this shiny ball of silver lining. And the silver lining was on a a a, a golden on a piece of golden wood and it was beautiful. And so the, the, the older woman said, well, you can take this because this represents your life. So if you don't do anything, your life will continue as it is. But he said, but she said, so as you pull the thread, your life will go a little bit faster and you can skip through some things in life. So Peter excitingly, he took that thread and he went home. So the next day he tries it out. Peter's in school. It's a long day of class. He wants to get done with class early. He pulls a little piece of that thread. Next thing you know, Peter looks at the clock. Class is done. He walks out extremely happy. He still has a lot of thread left, right? So then, as Peter's life continues, he keeps that thread with him. And so while he's in college, he wants to get through college just a little bit quicker. He pulls the thread. He meets a great young lady. But the but as he meets this young lady, he wants to marry her. So he pulls it just a little quicker to go to their wedding day. Then he wants children, pulls it a little quicker. Now he has kids. Now they're going through financial trouble. He wants to get through that. He pulls that string. Then his health starts to decline, but he pulls that string so he can feel better. So then all throughout all these issues in life, instead of going through those issues, he pulls the string to get past it. He pulls it to get past it. So he won't feel it. Next thing you know, Peter is old. He's stricken with no more thread left. And the only thing that Peter has to look forward to is the grave. So think about this, guys. Think about our impatience. There's a lot of things that we're impatient about. A lot of us may want this job. A lot of us may want this house. A lot of us may want this car. A lot of us may want this relationship. A lot of us may want wh whatever you want to say. But think about it. All this, all the pain, all the disappointment, all the struggle, all the heartbreak, and all the failure that you continuously keep on feeling. Don't we want to get past that like Peter did? If there was just this magic string so that I could get past this phase and I can get what I finally want. Then I'll finally be happy. You know what impatience does? Impatience always puts your happiness on another point in life that you're not at. So if, if, if you don't have this car, well, I won't be happy until I get that. If you don't have this relationship, well, I won't be happy until... I get that. If you don't have your own 
your own house. Well, I won't be happy until. You see, you always put your happiness in the future on points that you have no control over. And so you keep what you're doing. You do the same thing as Peter. You pull that thread and you want to skip and you want to skip and you want to skip and you want to skip. So, you know, those those pain, those disappointment times, those struggles, those heartbreaks, those failures. That's what makes life beautiful. Because you've actually gone through it to get better. Didn't Peter say that the trial of your faith, right, that works patience. You see, that that account was in a book that I'm reading right now. And he mentions this about that account about Peter and that thread. He says the irony of impatience is that only by learning how to wait and by a willingness to accept the bad along with the good, we can really attain those things that are worthwhile. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. That's great, isn't it? But how many times, myself included, and I've been here, and in a sense at times I'm still here, how many times do you want to rush the process? Man, if I could just pull this and have this, I'd, I'd have it. If I can just pull this and be at this point in my life, I'd have it. But instead of being happy where we are and learning the lesson that we need to learn now, we're so ready to skip ahead and miss the lesson to make us better. So maybe you don't trust God enough because you're impatient too. Just think about it. This think about it guys, talking about impatience. If you learn to become patient, this changes your whole thought process with people and with whatever goes on in your life moving forward. So let's say you don't have this great job right now. You're going to keep working hard because that's what the Lord wants you to do. Let's say you don't have, you know, the the you know, the car or the house or whatever, or the apartment or whatever you, you want right now, then you can be grateful for what you do have to build to what you want. Think that about that relationship that you might want with somebody and you try to rush them or they try to rush you. Think about if you're patient now and think about the level of trust that you gain with that person now. It changes your whole thought process if we become humble and patient and merciful and we learn to trust God. See, guys, for me, this hit me in the face hard. I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about Mike Tyson punch out hard, right? I'm, t- I'm talking about hard, right? It hit me. And it made me realize as I studied the scripture, and this was hard because I had to self-examine for me. This made me understand, man, you might want to trust God more. And currently, right now, you probably don't trust God more than you should. You need to trust God more, Jordan. And I've gotten to a phase where I need to trust him more. But you know why we don't trust him, guys? Because all of these reasons and all these things we try to get and skip forward to, the biggest reason that we don't trust God is because we don't want to feel forgotten. 
you know, you might subconsciously not think that yourself, but think about it. The reason why we don't trust God in these ways as we should, in humility and mercy and in patience, because we feel like God will forget us. Well, Lord, why, you know, why do I have to be, why do I have to be the merciful one in this situation? It feels like the Lord has forgotten me in it, so I guess I'll just make a choice. Well, Lord, why, why can't I have this, but they have it? You feel like the Lord forgotten you. Well, I, you know, I feel like I got all the answers, Lord. So, I mean, you haven't helped me up to this point. I've been asking. I've been praying. I've been doing everything you want, but it just seems like you don't want anything to happen. So I guess I'll figure it out on my own. You don't want to feel forgotten. That's the root of all of it. In some way, you don't want to be forgotten. And so in your mind and in mine, the best thing to do in order to not be forgotten is to do something. Is to do something. Or, in some situations, to do nothing. We don't want to feel forgotten. And so here's my goal. My goal moving forward is, number one, I need to do better in accepting life's pains and accepting life's disappointments, accepting life's struggles, accepting life's heartbreaks, and accepting life's failures. Because it's there for a reason. It's there to make me better for something. For something. I don't know what yet. Sometimes I don't think, (laughs) to be honest with you guys, sometimes I don't think I'll ever know. But it's getting me better, better for something. I just don't know. It's getting me better for someone. I don't know. But it's getting me better. So I got to learn to accept those. And then number two, what I need to work on. I need to. I need to give God full control. You know, sometimes I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like I want to have even if it's five, 10 percent, like I want to at least know. Maybe I got to switch that up. Maybe I got to switch that up. I think what I got to do is I have to to fully give God control over everything. And I have to trust that God is not going to forget me. I got to trust that. And so I'm not going to let a situation. I'm not going to let a person. I'm not going to let circumstances. I'm not going to let those things rush me anymore. And if they're impatient, then they're impatient. But it doesn't mean I have to be. If they want something quickly, that's fine. But I have to learn to give up control. And here's what's hard too, guys. When you give God control and everybody around you is impatient, you're going to lose people. You're going to lose situations. You're going to lose things. But you have to trust in God that he has not forgotten you and that he will make it happen in his time. I I can't tell you guys how many times I failed so many people, so many people by being impatient. I failed so many people by not being humble. I failed so many people by not being merciful. I can't 
it's countless. It's countless. Looking back and studying this, it's countless. There's, I mean, I can't explain it. And maybe it's time for me to get better. So I got to be more humble. I got to be more merciful. And I got to be more patient. But I can't do that unless I give him full control. And right now, I'm going to be honest, guys. It's going to be hard. Because right now, it's easy for me to say that. And it might be easy for you to say that right now. But it's harder when you have to give up control. So for you guys, maybe you guys feel the same way. If you've, if you've honestly self-examined yourself, maybe you felt the same way. But maybe it's time for you to do what I'm trying to do. Maybe it's time for you to take some action and trust God. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. And so in order to do this, guys, you know, I think I think what this is going to do for me and for you, I think this is going to this is going to prepare you for things better when you don't rush into it. And so it'll prepare you for that job because you've been preparing for it. It'll prepare you for that house because you've been preparing for it. It'll prepare you for that relationship because you both are working towards serving God. So when you serve him, you'll serve each other. It'll prepare you better, but we got to start changing our mindset and look at things differently. And so I hope that you guys want to get better as I try to get better. So I will pray for you guys. And I hope that, uh, that you guys will pray for me, uh, that I can get better. And guys, this is, um, you know, I think it's important. And this is the last thing before we close and get out of here. I think it's important for you guys to hear um it's important for you you guys to hear leaders and teachers say that that they're not where they need to be either because I think that keeps their humility at the right level. You know, quickly when I was uh you know, I had the opportunity uh to talk to a man that that I respect and you know, when I think of this guy I think, well, whatever situation he finds, he's got it because he's that guy. You know, he he's wise. I mean, he's always been. I've always seen him wise. I've never really seen him make a mistake. I've never seen him lose his cool. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. So I feel like when he's put in whatever situation, he will always know what to do. He'll always know. But as I talked to him, it kind of opened my eyes to hear him say, man, I, I'm a little burnt out. To hear him say, I I wonder, did I make the right choice? Did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Was I, should I have been more patient? Should I have been more this? Should I have been more that? To hear him say that, it's like, man, it shows a humility. And I think it's good for all of us to hear leaders say, man, I don't, I don't have it yet. Doesn't mean I can't lead. But I need to work on stuff, too. And that's what I'm here. I'm not here just to tell you guys what to do, man. (laughs) These lessons, I tell myself I'm not doing it. And this one hit me hard. I'm not doing it. So I need to get better. And so if we all have this humble attitude, guys, I think we we can go some places that the Lord can take us that we never knew he could take us. Never knew. But we got to listen to Jesus' first words. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thanks guys.